This is a Chronicle podcast, bringing you ideas in the service of medicine. From the Chronicle podcast system, this is the NPC podcast of the National Pharmaceutical Congress for May 11, 2022. The NPC podcast was created to discuss and consider the purpose, process and people of the pharma industry during the COVID era. We'll continue the healthcare conversation by answering questions sent by listeners. Just like you. This program is presented in cooperation with Imprez, Canada's next generation commercial partner. The industry is rapidly evolving, and Imprez is designed to help you evolve with it. Learn more about Imprez tailored best-in-class solutions at www.imprez.com. Our guest today is Angelique Berg, President and CEO of the Canadian Association for Pharmacy Distribution Management. She'll join your hosts, Jim, Mark, and Mitch. To start the conversation, here's Mitch Shannon, CEO of Chronicle Companies. Hello and welcome to Episode 3 of Season 7 of the NPC Podcast from the National Pharmaceutical Congress. I'm your co-host, Mitch Shannon, seated in our podcast gondola perched directly over center ice. Taking stock of things here in the gondola, why there's Jim Shea, General Manager of the Council for Continuing Pharmaceutical Education in Montreal. James, tell our listeners, what's the state of the daffodils and the other early bloomers out there on the West Island? Well, I'm not really sure sure where you're going with that question and I don't really like your editorial comment about our West Islanders. I I think we're kind of a hardy bunch but if I'm reading the wrong thing into this you're actually talking about the flowers. They're up and we actually have to start watering because we didn't get much April showers here in Montreal. It's pretty dry. Interesting. Well I, I think this is coming from many years of speaking to a head office in Vancouver where they always made a point of from February 1 on it was all to do about the state of the flora. They loved rubbing it in. Then I'm okay with this. I won't hold it against you. Okay. Nothing implied, certainly no innuendo. And here's Mark McElwain in Toronto, the life sciences industry consultant and senior health policy expert. Mark, how are the uh, magnolias and lilacs coming along over there in Leaside? No, I'm still in Sudbury, where you can still find some piles of snow. All right. Well, I think we've checked all those boxes. Collectively, we are your horticulturally aware podcast hosts, known as Jim, Mark, and Mitch, because all the really clever names were already taken, such as the New Blue Party of Ontario and Hawkins Cheesies. Jim and Mark joining us today, fresh from the annual conference of the Canadian Association for Pharmacy Distribution Management which was in Vernon, British Columbia. Uh, our guest today is uh, the president and CEO of Captum, Angelique Burke. Angelique, it's a pleasure to meet you. Welcome to the NPC podcast. Thanks so much, Mitch. Pleasure to be here. Well, first of all, congratulations on your appointment to this job, which happened, what was it, six weeks ago? <laughs> About that, yes. Captum is the uh, organization that's responsible for the distribution of more than 95% of all retail branded and generic pharmaceuticals in the country. To start with, uh, why don't you tell us about CAPTAM and your vision for the organization? Happy to. Thanks, Mitch. CAPTAM is the trade association for Canada's pharmacy supply chain. So we're responsible for getting medications from manufacturers to point of dispensing to the patient. And it is our members that handle more than 95% of medications, as you mentioned, that flow through our country. And our members include manufacturers, distributors, and service providers to the supply chain. They're all collaborators and trading partners and sometimes competitors 
which can sometimes make for uncomfortable bedfellows, but that healthy tension really leads to continual improvement and innovation for the sector. And my vision for CAPTAM is that we can further leverage individual member strengths for collective progress and deliver greater value to our members through collaboration among them and with peer organizations and with government stakeholders to strengthen our service to Canadian patients. Angelique, it's Mark. Welcome to the podcast. So you started working at CAPTAM as Senior VP for Stakeholder Relations. Actually, it was in August of 2020, right when the pandemic was at its peak. So tell us about this experience, this perspective. It was a steep learning curve, let me tell you. It was a a steep learning curve with immediate focus. There were so many challenges and disruptions to solve right away that it was baptism by fire, if you will, from delivering personal protective equipment to the front lines, to resolving drug shortages, stabilizing supply. There was immediate focus on problem solving. And there were new collaborations right away with members across the supply chain and also with government. It was learning on the fly. And it was so gratifying to see how much happens behind the scenes and how much collaboration happens behind the scenes to actually get the medications into the hands of patients. It's Mark again. So let's talk about the pandemic. How would you say CAPTAM fared during the pandemic, in your opinion? What changes did the pandemic require that were for the better and are likely here to stay? So I think that because there was such immediate collaboration required and sharing of information, it was an immediate improvement. You know, organizations, private organizations tend to hold their data and their information quite close to their chest. And because we had shortages to deal with, we had Surgery stopped. We had a number of disruptions that happened on the front lines because the healthcare system was trying to deal with the pandemic. That sharing of information was necessary in order to be certain that uh, medications required at the pharmacy counter and medications required in surgeries uh, were smoothed for the entire system. So, that sharing of information and sharing of data, I think that was probably one of the first and foremost things that came through in the pandemic as a necessity. And it really helped everyone to see the benefit of it for the entire supply chain. And that's the critical one I am sure is here to stay. That's very interesting. Angelique, it's Jim Shea here. Your group promotes the idea that it's saving the Canadian healthcare system billions of dollars annually. Which other areas of health delivery would you say might benefit from the efficient CAPTAM type of approach? I'm not really able to say what other areas of healthcare could benefit from the approach, but I can share with you the principles. And you know, if you imagine drug manufacturers, and you know, there's about 300 that operate in Canada, if not more, all delivering individually to our pharmacies across the country and our public hospitals, they were all doing it. Individually, it would be one mayhem and two so expensive. So to make that happen through distribution is a much more efficient and effective way to do it. It also helps to ensure a buffer supply of medications for the supply chain. So it lengthens out that supply chain from manufacturer to patient so that shortages are episodic and they are quickly resolved by the players in the supply chain. And that requires collaboration. It does require and tight relationships between trading partners and a sophistication to make sure that those medications keep flowing. It's Jim again. 
So the advancing technology certainly shaken up our lives and certainly our business lives also. What are some, or if you have any interesting little tidbits about potentially some lesser known tech that you're using at Captain that has had some good impact? The technical aspects in, uh, in distribution really refer to automation in the warehouses. The sophistication required by distributors to ensure the safety and security of our drug supply is quite high. Probably one of the most recent examples uh, was Health Canada's implementation of a guide 0069, which governed the ambient transportation and storage of medications, requiring proof that uh, medicines are stored and uh, transported within the temperatures that they're supposed to be. And so when that came in, that required temperature mapping of warehouses. It required controlled and monitoring of the temperature of medications um, in, in supply, so in, in actually the logistics and the transportation. And it's, it's quite sophisticated. Then when you think about what happened in the pandemic, the advent of mRNA vaccines requiring cold and ultra-cold um, and ultra-frozen conditions, I uh, took it to another level completely. So those high-tech advances, those are the ones that come to mind uh, exactly on the handling the medications and caused by the innovations of the medications that come through also. Yeah, I imagine that the average Joe has no concept of what's really going on to maintain quality. That's very interesting. Oh, no kidding. You know, my predecessor actually likens the pharmacy supply chain to the electricity grid. If you flick the light on and the lights go on, you're happy. You don't think about how it gets to you. Likewise, if your medications get into your hands, you don't think about how it gets it, just that it did. You only think about what happens behind the scenes when it doesn't work. You're listening to Angelique Berg of the Canadian Association for Pharmacy Distribution Management here on the NPC podcast. So just sticking with that point for a minute, Angelique, you know, right now we're all used to the phrase uh, supply chain disruption resulting from global worker shortages and the inflated cost of energy and making itself known in uh, many different ways. I would say on on a scale of one to 10, how much of an impact is this having behind the scenes on uh, Canadian pharma distribution? So supply chain disruption in Canada is actually quite minimal. So uh, we do have a long supply chain. So the, any sort of disruptions might be from you know, environmental disasters. If you think about the landslides and the wet uh, that happened in BC, you know, that sort of thing. It's, it's temporary. Governments typically work with us very quickly to make sure that we're flying medications in if they can't be trucked. But where supply chain disruptions will happen Where we'll feel it is when there's a problem before the point of importation. And because 85% of of the medications that are dispensed in Canada come from outside Canada, uh, we do watch the global landscape and uh, make sure that we're aware of any potential disruptions and planning for them accordingly. Angelique, it's Mark again. So let's drill down further on disruptions. You're a board member of Health Canada's multi-stakeholder steering committee on drug shortages and also a board member of what's called GS1, Canada's Healthcare Pharmacy Board. So tell us a little bit more about this kind of work. So Captain as a trade association, our role is to represent our members to various organizations, so like Health Canada's multi-stakeholder committee and uh, GS1 Canada. The multi-stakeholder committee on drug shortages is a really interesting collaborative. I really credit Health Canada with driving so much of the collaboration at the outset of the pandemic. They brought together and stakeholders within the supply chain to monitor shortages on various drugs, various import, assessing how many months on hand or weeks on hand uh, supply we had and how we were going to get more if we needed it. And then Health Canada would help us 
uh, go overseas and request from, you know, to, from global manufacturers if greater supply was needed. And so that collaboration is continuing. You know, it really is a formidable organization there. And GS1 Canada is a standards organization, and I serve on the healthcare pharmacy board. And right now, our focus is on what we're calling 2D barcoding implementation. And it is um, adding a barcode to the labels of all medications at uh, all levels of medications so that the lot number and expiry date and other information is embedded into this code and can easily be tracked at all areas of the supply chain. It is akin to, not quite to the degree of what you hear about serialization, but it's a far more efficient and effective for tracking of medications everywhere in the supply chain and also leads to patient safety at that site. So what would you say makes Captum unique? What are you doing that you think other trade industry organizations could learn from? Collaboration comes first and foremost to mind. I haven't worked in an organization as collaborative and as closely collaborative as Captain is with its partners and trading partners and its its own competitors. And, And there's also a really interesting focus on one goal. This organization has really done well in defining what they serve and they serve Canadian patients and getting medicines to patients safely, securely, and with stability and viability for the supply chain so that Canadians always have access to the medications they need where and when they need them. It's Jim here again. And as we wind down the podcast, I get to play game show host. So I'm going to invite you to play our word association game. So just go ahead and say the first thing that comes to mind and respond to each of the following phrases or words. First one for 10 points, continuing pharmaceutical education. Essential. Absolutely essential. I'll give you a million points for that. Wearable technology. Disruptor. Absolutely, it's a disruptor. Interesting. Pharmacy supply chain. Secure. Well, that's infinite points for you there. Captain Annual Conference. Dynamic. Very nice. Amazon Health. Another disruptor. Interesting. Ontario Elections. Hopeful. Hopeful. Very good. Very nice. Very nice. As a Quebecer, I have other uh, adjectives. Finally, again, here we go. Angelique, it's uh, time to put on your soothsayer's hat and perhaps the one that you would have worn to the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. And this is where I ask our guests to go into the prognostication corner and tell us about some bold predictions. So what bold predictions can you make about the life sciences environment and industry for the upcoming 12 to, say, 24 months? You know, you asked me earlier about the impact that the pandemic had and and what we're taking forward. And, you know, we learned so very much about the strength of Canada's pharmacy supply chain. We also learned about its points of vulnerability and exposed them quite bare, laid bare what works and what needs to be fixed or improved. And that's already underway. When I mentioned data sharing, that's already underway. We have a task force that is examining how we plan better for hospital demand, with surgical restarts and the like, and how can we create a distant early warning or a rapid response communication system so that we can resolve, first anticipate changes in demand and how we can grow to meet them. And that data sharing and that collaboration really came out in a much bigger way in the pandemic, and that'll certainly be going forward. Environmental, social, and governance, ESG, will play an increasing role. 
I was on a podcast recently with one of the GPOs, and I learned with no end of shock that Canada is the world's third worst polluter in healthcare systems per capita in the world. And so we really need to think about how we're going to play our part in uh, in environmental protection and uh, cleaning things up around the world. So ESG, I think, is going to come forward as a really important aspect in the next 12 to 24 months. So that data sharing, ESG, and continual innovation, we have to. Because the price of drugs determines the funding available for distribution, we need to figure out how we're going to be able to sustain this with ever-increasing costs. Those three areas will definitely be priorities in the next 12 to 24 months. Well, um, what I didn't tell you is that was also worth points and that uh, you get a Google Plex of points for that answer. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I was just surprised to hear that there are other podcasts. I think maybe this might be something we need to look into. We got up our game, everybody. Yeah, exactly. We've been chatting with Angelique Berg of the uh, Canadian Association for Pharmacy Distribution Management on the NPC podcast of the National Pharmaceutical Congress. Angelique, it's great to learn about your work at Captum, and I hope you'll come back and join us again. I'd love to. Thanks so much to you all. It was a pleasure. Thanks for bringing all that information to us. As average Joe, I learned a lot. Thank you. And to our listeners, we'll speak again next week. If you have questions for Angelique or comments for us about today's conversation, tag us on Twitter at 2021NPC. You can also send email to health at chronicle.org. If you attach your voice clip to the message, you might appear in an upcoming episode. If you like today's NPC podcast, please share it with your colleagues. Find us at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NPC podcast is presented in cooperation with Imprez, Canada's next-generation commercial partner, See everything they have to offer at www.impress.com. I am your announcer, Leona Void, speaking. The podcast producer is Jeremy Visser. Research for this program came from John Evans and Christella Tello. The musical theme is performed with sprightly energy by the NPC Podcast Orchestra, under the direction of maestro Chesley Melbrook. We'll be back next week with our guest, Jim Hall. General Manager of Covis Pharma. We invite your toughest questions for Jim. Till then, stay safe.